What's up, everyone? It's Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here, joined by Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. And we had uh, some big events over the weekend. Uh, we've got a big event coming up this weekend in my area, my neck of the woods, California. And so uh, how were you guys weekend? Anthony, did you play some more cornhole this weekend? Uh, just practiced. All right. Which That's is good. good. Which is good. No more basketball this weekend. So uh, not a lot. I got about two hours, two hours of practice in, which is probably what our elite level pros are doing by lunch. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, though. Trade, you get some some practice in this weekend? Uh, maybe actually a little bit on Friday. You know, I've been yeah. – I'll say this much. I'll say this much. I've been telling people because I've been making an effort about 15 minutes a day to throw bags, trying to throw every single day. Because I'm here at the office and I'm tired of showing up at events and being washed, right? I don't need to be good, but I just like I, you, you and Michelle beating me up, you two beating me and Wally and me playing like dog, you know. I'm glad what? we brought that up, Trey. Like I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I have to be able to go onto a board and look like I know what I'm doing. So I'm trying to get. I'm trying to spend a little bit of time, you know, getting back the the groove a little bit. But no, no practice over the weekend. Just sometimes practice in the office. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm determined to not be the worst of the content team. I, I am <laughs> determined not to be the worst. I don't think you're the worst of the content team. I think some others can rival you there. Trey, but, I um, think that's where I'm going to end up. Is I just need to be okay yeah, on the yes. boards. But for some reason, I'm still like. No, okay is not enough. I still, I still I don't think be you'll right. ever be that way, Anthony. I can't imagine. I, I know, but well, reality is it's going to happen. You feel the same same way, Anthony. I have no problem if I step up to a board and I can't throw a four-bagger because I can't hit my slide shot eight times in a row because that's all about a consistency. Yeah. But I want to be able to walk up to a board and hit a really hard push and then throw the other three off the back of the board just because my slide <laughs> shot's bad. As long as I can hit some really cool-looking shots, that's the really flashy. all I care about. Yeah, the flashy. Yeah. <laughs> Being flashy like will make up for an inconsistent you know, 7.75 PPR because I can't throw a slide shot to save my life. Nice. 7.75 would be phenomenal for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I would take that in a second. Onward and upward. <laughs> oh wait, I did actually Thursday night I did win league doubles night, Mish. How did you forget? I forgot that? about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won on Thursday. Heck? Yeah. Michelle, when you come pro level, you just forget about all your wins. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> just a win at the local level. It's no big deal. Yeah. I do it all the time. My goodness. Well, speaking of the pro level, we have our uh, open number four coming up. This weekend in Upland, and it's going to be a great time. Fun for me to talk about some of these players since this is my area. There are some players there that uh, I recommend we watch that are from my club. Um, so really, really cool stuff. But uh, what do you what are you thinking about this open coming up here, Trey? Yeah, well, it's funny because you know when you put your roster together of people to watch for you know last night's bracket breakdown with with Bernie, it was like. California player, California player, California player, California. I was like, yeah. oh, I see a trend here for Michelle. But um, <laughs> I gotta let the people know. Gotta let them yeah, know. Yeah, no, I I think there's a couple different stories for me. You know, one, we got Alec Ryan gonna be out there in California coming off of his signature win in singles, right? It's so hard to kind of repeat that level of consistency. I expect a drop-off from Alec Ryan, um, just because 
you know, that's what happens. Nobody wins every single time, right? So there's there's that how does he respond, right? Is this something where he comes in third place and it's like, wow, he's really consistent, or does he drop back to a, a 17th or a 21st or something like that? So um, watching him, uh, not from California again, but the, the Sesueda brothers, um, Moses in particular, I, I based on what I'm hearing from Todd Kosicki in that conference in that region, Moses is – playing his butt off right now. Um, and so I think Moses is going to be another player that kind of we saw rise to the top during the pro shootout series in the summer of 2022. Um, and, and just going to see if he can continue to build on that momentum that he started at the end of last, last season. Um, we're going to see some teams playing together that um, I've been waiting, you know, Corey Gilbert and Ricky Gonzalez, that there's the yeah. debut of that team. I'm really excited to watch. I'm really excited to see Ryan Wiedenfeld and Ryan Smith for the first time. This is someone yes. that, you know, between the three of us, some of us have them in our top 10 and a team that can really compete at a top 10 level. And it'll be the first time this season that we see them play together. So a chance um, uh, to watch them. No Wooten and Ryan Windsor going to be playing together, right? Um, Wooten and Windsor, anytime they play together, it usually works out right? Um, something good usually happens. We saw it at the shootout series. We've seen it uh, time and time again in open events. It's just a team that has really good chemistry, similar play style, similar bag selection. I think ultimately they're going to be really good. And, um, you know, a few others that, that, that stick out, but really there's, there's two big names that I think this is an opportunity to shine this weekend. And this is where you're going to learn I think a lot about these two individual players, mostly because, you know, I, I want to see them under a spotlight and I want to see how they, how they succeed. And they're two PDC players that have the ability to compete at that pro level at a really high level. I would argue one of them maybe, maybe has an opportunity to be a first round pick in the pro teams draft at the end of the year, Vincent Frisch, and Adrian Brunson, two top-level throwers out of the state of California, both of especially Brunson, Michelle cannot talk enough about because you know that that's that's their He's their, their favorite player. Yeah, yeah that's that's <laughs> their favorite player out there, her and Nick. Um, but I would say those two in particular have an opportunity to make a big splash. Um, they are elite, elite-level players. They have every shot in the book. I had a chance to watch two two hat wearing Vincent Frisch at uh, the Everett Washington event last year at the Open, and him and Brunson almost took down that that entire event. There was a point where they were rolling through people. They rolled through um, James Baldwin and Cheyenne Runner. They were rolling through the bracket, and they almost made it all the way back to Jimmy Humans and Mark Richards, who end up winning that event. They came up a little bit short, but at times. Vincent Frisch in particular looked like one of the best players in the entire tournament. So if you had to sit me down and say, Trey, you got to pick just a handful or just a couple people to watch Frisch and Brunson are the two people I have my eye on here. They're in their home state. They now have a pro slash PDC status attached to their name. And the expectation for them has risen to a level of no longer just competing. But if you want to be viewed as an elite level player, I want to see, I want to see a bracket final or better level finish. 
All right, real, real quick, one point of clarification. So, because we're still waiting for the PDC list to be finalized, right? Contracts, trying to get that list finalized. Did you say Frisch and Brunson are, in fact, committed or contracted PDC? They are both signed PDC, contracted, yes. Wow. 100%. Okay. If we look at them, they both. That. Yeah, if we look, yeah, they, um, Vincent Frisch, and now you got me like, double checking here but i'm i was yeah they're both they're both signed contracts yeah both of them are that's committed. beautiful so that that like you said that could blow up when we get to the draft the pdc are just like pros right we can draft captains can, can go in and grab a pdc player as early as they want so we're talking about two guys coming out of the pdc that could go second round i would be surprised if they made it past second round but maybe there's a good fit, and someone says, hey, that's a good player for my team. I'm going to grab him in the first round. That's significant. Fr Frisch in particular, right? Brunson, Brunson to me, and, and Michelle is going to hate me for saying this, but Brunson feels a little bit more up and down than Frisch is. Um, Frisch feels like more of a consistent higher-level player. We've de I've definitely seen tournament results and watched Brunson play where he does play at that high level, but I've also seen some tournaments where I go – I, that doesn't make a lot of sense from what I'm hearing about Brunson. So um, I think Frisch, I think Frisch may be a, a late first round, high second round pick. Here's the other thing to think about too. When you, you know, the, these captains are trying to be smart at this, right? And they're going, could I get a Frisch mm -hmm. in the second or third round? Right. Could everybody <laughs> pass, you know? So you cross your fingers. Maybe you pull an elite level top 15 player in your first round thinking Frisch is going to be available in the second round. So he could be mm -hmm. one of those ones too, that you kind of sit on and wait for him. Uh, another one that's kind of funny in that, and it's kind of a little bit off topic, but he's also playing this weekend. Gavin Cano, one of the best, one of the best uh, phrases I saw on social media last week was Gavin Cano put uh, a video on social media of him hitting a bar of soap and then an, almost an and one combo. The bag just didn't go uh, exactly how he wanted to. And no Wooten commented, stop posting videos until after the draft. <laughs> I want you to be there. <laughs> yes. I need, he's like, I need Gavin to be someone that nobody has their eye on. But another high, I think high profile rookie won an open last year will also be there this weekend. Agreed. Anthony, what are your thoughts about the open coming up? So one of the first checks I do is I go, all right, let's, let's look at the top 10 or 15 Pros in the league from last season. That's typically where we see a lot of the open singles winners coming from, a lot of the doubles. So I did that check. More looking at the 15, top four, not in the field. Richards, Rawls, Matt Guy, Jamie Graham, not in the field. It takes us to get to a number five, Tony Smith, before we see a top five guy in the field. He's an open number two singles winner from last year. He won doubles with Harbaugh, teaming up this time with his committed pro partner, Jacob Trzinski. Definitely expect those boys to be deep. But looking at the rest of the field, maybe going to 15, no Tanner Halbert, no Eric Davis, no Philip Lopez, Jackson Gore, or Damon Dennis. All out of the field, but we do have Josh Holland showing up, who's also an open winner from last year. One singles, Noah Almanza. We saw him break out at open number three. He's in the field. Devin Harbaugh, Trey Birchfield. And was actually surprised to see Eddie Grindersleeve coming all the way out there from Texas as well. So those those are going to be your players in the field, not in the field. Just kind of looking at this roster. Uh, you already mentioned Alec Ryan teaming up with Fisher Hamilton. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are going to be sneaky good. Both Hamilton, obviously, we're talking a lot about him as the rookie of the year 
um, together. I think they're going to be really tough, play a very similar game. I'd expect these boys to be in a bracket final, if not win the whole thing. Kind of looking at this Cali piece, Misha, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Okay. You know, I, I see the Sassuetta brothers. I see Brunson Ballard. I see Gonzalez Gilbert, Morgado, Morgado uh, Hadley, Parent Valdivia. All right, let me just ask you something, Misha, because I think you have a better grip of the talent in Cali. If we were going to look at, because I'm really looking hard at the Sassuetta brothers this year. Best out of seven, let's say Sassuetta brothers versus Parent Valdivia. Who wins that, in your opinion? I'm going Zazueta brothers for that one. You're thinking Zazueta. All right. Zazueta brothers versus Hadley Zaft. Best out of seven. Who do you think wins that? Man, I still got to go with them. I just feel like the, especially the last half of uh, the season, they were really showing up. And then just throwing another new partnership in the, or another partnership of this in this year that, that could, that shows some potential Williams Labrador. Versus what the brothers, same question. Oh, that's tough. Uh, man, because I think that Andrew and Nick could do it. But in terms, if we're going to go off of consistency, who's who's been showing, then I got to go with Zazueta because Williams and Labrador haven't shown the deep bracket runs as commonly as they have. But I think they can do it for sure. So that's kind of getting to where I was like, who is the best team out of the West? Go ahead, Trey. What do you got? All right, Zasweta Brothers versus Frisch and Brunson. Oh, I'm taking okay. Frisch and Brunson. Absolutely. That's yes. my point. See, that's yes. what I'm saying. This is <laughs> I'm telling you, this is if the the West has been clamoring for their guy, right? I think Frisch and Brunson have the ability to be that pair. Now, they are kids, and I know they're gonna hate me calling them that, right? But they are <laughs> 16. 16 years old. Okay. If they want to be, if they're watching this. Okay, Frisch and Brunson, if you're watching this, if you can if you can go from being in a 16-year-old body to being a 22-year-old or a 25-year-old mentally, you could be the elite team that the West has been clamoring for. Okay. I'm telling you, there's a hundred percent of what is keeping them from being the next Mark Richards or whatever is all up here. Okay. Agreed. And it's just about taking that next step. And and I know the West is clamoring for them because I see on social media, they respect the hell out of these guys, Anthony. I'm telling you. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think this conversation was significant. And thank you, Mish, because I know you got a better grip on Cali. It does help solidify. I was thinking the same thing. You know, we still have we still have Gilbert Gonzalez out there, but I'm assuming based on what you're saying, they're also going to fall to the Sesweta brothers. So are you saying well, that is that's a, best... that's a new partnership, right? Because Williams sure. and Labrador have been partners in the past. And so I'm, I'm just going off of what they've done. doesn't mean that they can't do better this season, but if we look at their history, then you kind of have to lean one way or the other, but, but Lightskin and Ricky G that's a new team. So I don't know. So you're on the fence on that one. You don't I'm think on the fence on that one. I want to see because okay. I, I just want to see how they perform, you know, remembering that Corey, you know, he went eight and oh, well, at qualifiers. He did go eight. No, but I don't Sorry, think we saw an there? eight. Sorry. No, you're good. I don't think we saw an eight. No caliber player last year out of Corey Gilbert. I mean, eight. No, we're expecting top 20 at so, least. But the, right. But the potential, I mean, we have to remember, you know, that, that, that ceiling is there. That's that's not an easy thing to do. Who's your best team out of the West this year, Mish? 
I mean, right now. Yeah, I mean, you got to go. You got to go. Fresh Brunson at the moment. That's legit coming out yeah. of PDC. This is all new. Yeah, I'm loving that. I'm loving that they actually are contracted. So that changes my mindset now. I really thought this S. What the brothers were going to be the best team out of the West this year, but you dropped that PDC partnership. Well, and- the only thing I will say is they have experience on broadcast stages. They have experience deeper in brackets like so the one thing that's gonna hurt if anything frisch and brunson is they don't have that experience yet of being in the pro field and having that kind of pressure so that's the only thing that's the only reason why i would ever you know maybe lean a little bit towards this as much of brothers is because they have that experience already and and uh, the only way i would put the only part i would push back on all of that and my personal opinion would be i think zaft and hadley are right there too um, I may actually take Zafton Hadley over the Zasueta brothers, but it's it's they play ten times. One of them's winning six, and one's winning four type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I yeah. think Zaft Zaft showed me last year that just because he's not new doesn't mean he still can't improve. And he took a big step last year, so um, that's the only that's the only point I'd probably make there. Just to keep us on track, I could we could talk another probably thirty minutes about the field, but I did want to make a point about the ladies' side. I'm looking at this. Literally only two ladies, if we look at the entire rankings of the women's from last season, maybe even all the way to 20, there's only two ladies in there, Belvin and Soprenit. No Bubenheim, Cassidy, Irwan, Altais, Hunter. I mean, just keep going on. Finley, Decoys. So it really is going to open up the opportunity for uh, for other women to come in and do some work. You know, um, maybe like a Heather Voyer. I, I know that she's... Been working a lot. Good. She was at the qualifier. Very good. Hey, here's an opportunity for her to maybe to come out and take down a women's uh, a women's singles, but having to go through like a Belvin and a Soprenit to get there. She could do it. I did, has Soprenit ever lost like an open like this? I feel like Soprenit is undefeated in women's singles opens on like the western side of the United right. States. Yeah, I, don't, I, I feel like she's ever lost. So I don't know. I think she'd be the betting favorite. That's fair. All right, let's move into some news around the league. We had a Wisconsin money tournament that occurred. We had the lovely Wally on the mic for that one. Um, I did get to catch some of that here and there. Our singles winner for that was Nico Morales, and our doubles winners were Joe Neeset and Jeremy Shermerhorn, which there was a, a, a pretty deep field there. Um, so big win for them. And we also have the ACL season schedule released. We added some dates to that. Um, Trey, did you want to go into any of that, or what's your, what are your thoughts uh, there? Yeah, I mean, um, I think brief thoughts for me. Nico winning a singles event is scary now for the Chicago Land Spinners. Yeah, Trey Burchill was there. Noah Wooten was there. I mean, there there were – it was tough. Windsor, Burchfield, Almanza. I mean, it was packed. It was packed. Yeah, Nico showing that he can compete with the big boys now. That's that's scary to think about. Um, And no one's probably happier than Tom Gustafson. Right. He's probably sitting there just, oh, I love that. Um, you know, Joe Neistat and Jeremy Shermerhorn pairing up. Got a big win in doubles. Um, Shermerhorn now, I think, has a signature singles win and a signature doubles win under his belt, right? Um, big money tournament like that. I know it doesn't count as like an ACL title, but like it, it, it's a, hey, we're here. We win. We did this, you know, type of thing. So I think that's a big win. Um, on the schedule side, yeah, excited to, to really dive in. You know, the rest of the opens minus one or two were released to come to some great locations. 
Um, we got the dates and we released to the pros kind of where the locations are going to be for some of those. But um, as that gets released, you know, the locations for some of these nationals in the coming weeks, and it's going to be great. But um, in the end, you know, you have your four nationals, your eight pro shootouts are going to overlap your eight super hole events, all going to be on ESPN networks, um, which is, which is going to be great. Um, so those open shootout super hole combo events are going to become epic, right? They're going to be some great three days of cornhole action that are going to be a ton of fun. So I think it's, I think it's just going to make for, for a great, a great, uh, second half of the season. Anthony, anything to add? Yeah, I really pumped for Morales. I mean, if we look again, we talked about him as a statistical anomaly. This guy was in the top 5% of almost every statistical category and then finished in the 40 percentile in ranks. So somehow that deep run, that big win always avoided him. This time it didn't. I mean, the guy was due. You can't throw that level of cornhole and not eventually pull out a win. So I was really pumped for him to see that one. And then, of course, Neistead finally got the big win. You know, maybe I said Neistead too early. You know, I kind of went out earlier last year. <laughs> You're and on said, the bandwagon. Look out for Joe Neistead. Well, he <laughs> finally got the big win. It had to be in the next season, but he was definitely coming as well. So uh, both guys were due, and um, they got it. So that that that, that was uh, catch, awesome for them. Did you catch that Morales Hisner match? No, I didn't. Neither, no. neither one of you. Okay, so so Adam Hisner, he had a cheese head hat on. <laughs> And and he was he was up big on Nico, big. And he was joking around, he was laughing, he's having a great time, and Nico snuck up and took it. When did the and cheese I, head come off? Like right at like I, I don't know when it 17? came off, but it did come off. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It was, it was interesting. That's so Hisner. So yeah. Hisner. <laughs> yeah, and for me, like I was really proud of Nico. I mean, I can't say I know this is just my personality, but that would have thrown me off if somebody was like joking around and like like not really focused that would have definitely gotten a little bit for me so (laughs) nice thing to do oh yeah 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 i can't like play against drunk people (laughs) all right trey (laughs) you've got a game we're ready to play it's it's my favorite game everybody's favorite game i like to think i got called out by sydney because i love it's america's favorite game i'm giving sydney keppel a shout out she uh (laughs) And when we go to these national events, I, I'm I'm just a very analytical, logical person. So I I have I love mind games and riddles. Those are like some of my favorite things to do. Um, and so she's like, I've been listening to this around the ACL and name that player. And this is you being able to introduce some of your convoluted riddles into a professional setting. I know what you're doing. And I said, I've never felt more called out in my life. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, I only got two today. I only got two. Um, uh, the first one, um, this person is 12th all-time in titles with five titles. Five titles. Um, by the way, I'm waiting for this game. I know there's going to come a time where Anthony just goes and memorizes the titles list and just knows off the top because I just know not. how he is. He's just going to he's going to memorize them all. He's going to be so I, good. I really looked at it really hard one day, and I'm like. Man, there's like 15 people tied at like four yeah. times. I'm never going to remember that. Yeah. I'm never going to remember that. Oh, he tried. That. He tried. So this person, 12th all time uh, with five total titles. Uh, the split is three singles and two doubles. All right. Three so equally, singles. 
equally singles doubles this person throws primarily carpet right away I, like i like Derek king down in that area but i i just feel like most of his titles come from doubles so maybe that that kind of kills him yeah. out of there a little bit and right is ryan windsor higher up on that list he is yeah he was way okay. up there i think all right three of the titles this one might give it away a little bit three of the titles come from the shootout series okay oh. Hisner successful in the shootout series and has a good partner, but he didn't necessarily carpet. throw carpet. Yeah, he wasn't a carpet guy. But Who what about Cody? I oh, no, same thing. <laughs> Not carpet. Who wins shootouts throwing carpet? Smith did good in the uh, in the shootouts with carpet. You got another one? Another clue? The next question was: This person hasn't always thrown carpet. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. There's a lot of players that fit that one. Oh, we Need have already one. talked about him once this show. We have, you said? We have talked we have mentioned him briefly, but Ryan Smith he's playing Ryan Smith. Ryan hey, Smith is the answer. There you go. Yes. So, um, yeah, not always thrown carpet. He made that adjustment yeah. over the past, what, year or two? Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't – he hasn't been always that way. Okay. This person – next person, number two, last one. This person is 19th all-time oh, in titles with four. He's got okay. four titles. I said he, so I actually – I gave you one. Yeah, I you gave away oh, We got a clue. We got, we got a clue. clue. Okay, those four titles are split evenly, two doubles, two singles. Okay. Okay. This person throws – this person is a former world champion. Former world champion with a decent doubles partner. And when I specify world champion, I mean singles or doubles. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this person, um, the other three titles in addition to the world championships are a national doubles, a national singles, and a shootout singles. World champion and national. No Wooten. Their world championship was in doubles. Oh, doubles. Is that the last clue? Last clue is they only throw slick side. Damon Dennis. Damon, Damon Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, I would have had more titles. Yeah. That actually that's actually surprising. Doesn't it? It does surprise you. It does surprise you. Now, again, when it's I senior say thing. titles, it's the seniors thing, right? The guy has won. Mm -hmm. I felt like saying he's won five senior singles titles probably would have given that away a little <laughs> bit. Done. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's literally um, one person that's ever done that. But right. yeah, the, uh, the the 
you expected him to have kind of more, but he just won the doubles world championship. He just won the doubles national. That would have been the 2019 cornhole mania. They mm-hmm. beat um, him and Philip Hayden beat Cody Henderson and Adam Hissner in the finals there. And then he won the national singles event last year, the kickoff battle in 2021, that big emotional win. And then he won the shootout um, in Asheville in singles. All right. So there you go. Those are my name, name the oh. players for the day. Hey, we're getting better at this beast. We're getting yes. better. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, we, it takes the, all the clues, Anthony. I don't think it's a big, I know. About. Let's just jump <laughs> to like four click clues before we start guessing. yeah like just rattle through them don't even bother all right moving on to buy or sell i'm going to give you some names and you guys tell me if you buy or sell that they're going to be a first round picked in our team's draft coming up in myrtle beach all right first one Derek holland what do you think trey okay so let me set the stage here and it kind of explains so here we go first round pick you got to remember all you have three players on Every team already set, Correct. right? So there's there's your math already. That's 48 players that are gone out of the contention for being a first-round pick. Anthony and I already talked about this, that when we went through and actually the first 24 in pro standings last season already on a team and then kind of a mix throughout the way, right? So these aren't necessarily the 24 best players, or sorry, the 16 best players that are going to be a first-round pick. It's like the 16 who aren't already drafted. So what I did was I took all the people that weren't on teams yet from the pro singles rankings, and then I threw in a bunch of rookies that I thought could be close. Yep. And then I just started like crossing through names until I got to a final 16. So Derek Holland... I think absolutely will be a first round pick. I will buy it. He was a top 10 player last season. I'm uh, sorry, a top 10 doubles team last season alongside Josh Holland. He threw at an exceptionally high level. I just think there's no way people can see that name go all the way through the first round and not take him. I'm going to buy it that he's a first round pick. Yeah, Trey, you set the stage. I was kind of going to do the same thing. Uh, So the way that I looked at it was um, I took last season's pros. I took all their ranks. So you're going to go top to bottom, right? You get a list Mm -hmm. top to bottom. Uh, Then you have to remove all the pros that didn't auto-qualify. And it's a lot. North of 130 players did not auto-qualify. You have to remove the 48 players, like you were saying, that were already captains. Also note, we're going to remove, is it 16U that we're removing out of teams? Yes. Or so U16, not 16 yeah, U, but under U16. 16. U16. So you've 16 got 16 is good to go. Right. So you got first round candidates like an Alex Hicks out. Um, mm-hmm. Jackson Gore out. I mean, these are guys that were ranked in the top 20, like 12 to 16 ish. They're going to be out. Um, so yeah, and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, here, here's what I kind of came down to was. Derek Holland, he would have been the 12th pick. So when I kind of came down my list and you look at who's available, if you look at ranks, Derek Holland's right around the 12th pick out of the 16. Um, then you got to sprinkle in the rookies, like you were saying. You know, you've got these rookies um, that did really well. A lot of them coming out of the open qualifier, which I think is going to be a stronger candidate for a more caliber player. However, you've got the 32 coming in from the from the uh, pro qualifier. 
looking specifically at in the eight nose. These are guys that you're going to be like, all right, these guys went eight no in the qualifier. They're going to be a high caliber player as well. We should consider them in there. And then it really messes it up. When you start sprinkling in those rookies and those eight no qualifiers, and you're looking at really who's on that list, man, that could really blow up the first round. I was thinking, hey, Derek Collin is not going to be on my list, but I looked a little closer and his his son, <laughs> his son Josh has a pick in there. He's mm-hmm. the 10th pick. He's the 10th pick. I think Derek Collin is still available when you get to the 10th pick. I can't see Josh passing up on his on his dad. He's clearly a high caliber player. They make a good doubles team. I don't think he makes it out of that out of that first round because his son's going to pick him up in the 10th round if he's still available. That was a buy, by the way. I'm going to buy. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> that was a roundabout bye. All right. Uh, I had him in my first round as well. Uh, Tyler Poitras. Tough, 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 tough. Um, he is a first round talent, but that doesn't mean he will get drafted in the first round, right? Teams may look at him saying he's had a year off out of the pro field. I am not sure. If I'm a captain, last time he was a pro, he was in doubles world championship final. I have to recognize the fact that he's an elite level player. I'll buy Tyler Poitras being a first round pick. Anthony? Yeah, so what do we know? We know Tyler Poitras. He was a top 48th ranked player. Go back two seasons ago because that's that's where we saw him. 2021, he was the 48th ranked player. Um, We know the best available picks. You know, in this first round, they're going to be ranked about 25th to 49th. So when we were talking about making that list, your first round picks are around that 25 rank to 49 rank. Those are the type of players that are going to be in the first in that first round. Tyler was a 48 a couple years ago. We know the talent's gotten better and deeper. The question is, is he still a top 50 caliber player? We have to look at something like the qualifier. The guy went eight and zero. Oh. He won his bracket in advanced in the um, in the advanced at Worlds. Lost only to the champ Ryan Weedenfield, twenty-one to nineteen. But mm-hmm. that answers a question for me. He is a elite level caliber. He has improved his game uh, with the rest of the field. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I was on the fence, uh, but my gut. This one's a gut feeling because we're really going off of old history and the little bit we saw at Worlds. My gut saying that he's going to go in the first round. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Same. All right, Nate Stevens. This uh, this one's going to be so funny because I know people at home, when, when they hear Nate Stevens, they're going to go, why is this guy even in like oh. contention to be here, right? But if you yeah. go by Anthony's pick, Anthony's explanation of 25 through 49, I don't think people know at home that Nate Stevens was the number 32 ranked yep. ACL pro mm-hmm. in 2022. 32 by numbers. He is a first round pick, but I think the stigma of people not knowing Nate Stevens will prevent him from being in a first round pick. So I'm going to sell it because I think people are going to pass on him incorrectly. Yeah. Well, now that they watch this, go ahead, Anthony. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. I think the guy gets overlooked. Uh, You explained where he falls at in the ranks, but here's the thing. You have the Kentucky colonels with the seventh pick. Stevens out of Kentucky, but mm-hmm. you got Jimmy humans or excuse me, Jimmy McGuffin in mm-hmm. that same, he was only two ranks behind him. I think he was like 34, 35. So when that Kentucky Colonel pick comes around and Nate Stevens and Jimmy McGuffin are still available, 
I think that they go with a MacGuffin. You've got Damon Dennis over there. You've got Matt Guy as your captains, co-captains. I think Steven gets overlooked. I, I, so I'm going to sell it. I, and it's unfortunate because the guy is a good talent, but I think he gets overlooked. I had him going in the first round. All right, Jacob Beamer. I, I think similar. Um, yes. I think he's in the exact same spot. I'm going to sell it again on an incorrect a, a incorrect feeling by a lot of these captains. I think certain captains will value Beamer and it will really land on whether or not he falls into somebody's range that's willing to draft him. I will sell it, but but it's 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 not because he's not a first round talent. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of it. He's the fourth best available pick. I was looking at that going, how? I don't recall seeing or saying Jacob Beamer's name at all last year. And I kind of dug in a little bit deep. He was just kind of consistent. He had a really strong run. I want to say it was towards the end of the season where he took fifth in his bracket. But again, I think he's going to get overlooked. I'm going to sell. I don't think he goes in the first round. I agree. Last one, Gavin Cano. What do we think? Yes. Sorry, no, Wooten. I'm buying this one. <laughs> it's the, coming the, out. The, the, the social media videos are are, are going to be his downfall. He's selling himself uh, hard. <laughs> look, you can't you can't win an open last year when at a pro shootout with all these pros there, and then go on to have a, a, a pretty successful beginning of this season. Kano's not going to be able to fly under the radar. Sorry, guys. I think Kano is a buy on a first round pick. Anthony. Yeah, I think for the average fan, fan, he flies under the radar. For uh, a 48 field of captains who know this game, they have to know Gavin Cano is a candidate for a pick. But I think it goes back to our early discussion. I think he's available in the second round. So does Noah Wooten play that game and say, let's see, he is the he's going to have the fifth pick in the first round. So he's going to have the opportunity to get a really, really high level player mm -hmm. and a strong possibility for Cano to still be available in the second round when it comes around. So does he roll the dice? Um, I'm going to sell. I think he rolls the dice and he gets, he gets Cano in the second round. I had him going in the second round as well. All right. We have a very special guest that's going to join us. Is he here? <laughs> I think, Oh, oh. He okay. is here, and I just, okay, we got to bring him on. All right. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, Bernie got mad at me because I didn't give him this big intro, so I can't give Jeff McCarriger a big intro when he comes just on. no I intro just have to at bring all. Him. It's not fair. Just, hey, some just guy's throw him on. on. Some <laughs> yeah. guy's coming on, and here he is. You may know him. You may not. Oh, he's got the good, he's got the Clemson dad shirt on. Wow, Let's go. Oh, 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 this t-shirt? <laughs> this? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think you'd notice that. I <laughs> This is bright Jeff, orange, you, no worries. Have you told the story of how you got that shirt? No, I haven't told the story you, yet. Yeah, you got you got to tell the story now that now that I'm putting you on. But do, do I have to tell the whole story? No, you have to pull the whole story. You can just tell condensed. So, well, I mean, all right. So, I guess let's just make it super quick. So, you and I were at what was it? The uh, Everett Washington shootout, yes. right? And yep. you and I went out after the shootout uh, as we normally do for for dinner, and we're sitting there. And somehow the terrible conversation of age comes up <laughs> and, and you and I get into this conversation and all of a sudden I, I'm like, holy sh, I, I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, man, dude, like I literally like I'm old enough to be your dad. Like if, if things went, went, you know, 
yeah. wrong for me when I was a certain age. I'm old enough to be your dad. And so this started like this, this, this joke that has had legs ever since. So now when I show up to, every time I show up to an event with Trey, dad, Shelby's there, dad. And now everyone on the ACL staff, hey, dad's here. And then even, 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 in, the, uh, even in the Slack chat, I noticed that, that uh, Anthony, you threw up a, hey, if dad can get it, I can get it. <laughs> so, Look, so you are seeing those, Jeff, because I feel like you never talk in there. So, well, I just, I just logged back on today. So <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't been on for the last couple of months, but whatever. So, so um, anyway, so we show up to the Clemson Syracuse game because my daughter is looking at Clemson and Trey had been like giggling, you know, weeks prior. He's like, he's like, I got a gift for you. I got a gift for you. So sure enough, as soon as I show up to Trey, to Trey's tailgate, he throws this orange shirt at me that says Clemson dad. So it has, it has a double, it has a double, double entendre. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say, like it's that. perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So I've worn this shirt two times. One begrudgingly to the game, the Syracuse game, and the second time today for you. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see it. A third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh time. Can't wait. No, it's getting it's getting retired after today. Wow, that makes it even uh, more special, though. If you were talking, and I brought, I brought, I brought another present just for you over here, Mish, and for for I, Anthony. I, I see this. It's the first thing I, I was eyeballing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to br- had to bring that out. I figured you appreciate that, Mish, because you're such a, yeah. a big hunter. I, I found out. I cannot. I cannot with the with the pictures on Facebook. I can't do it. I scroll uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, uh Jeff. It's, it's, well, it's an over under. It's an over under, Mish. That's what we, that's what we call it in, in the biz. So Jeff, Jeff, um, gosh, this is going to be your third year now, your third year on, on ACL stuff. I mean, is it, what, what, what's keeping you around? Like, I mean, uh, I felt like you would have ditched us by now and to go do bigger and bigger and better things. You can't ditch his son. You know, he's, he's he's (laughs) locked in. I I, I can't do that to family. Right. I mean, Uh, no, I mean, I mean, Trey, you and I have talked about it, but you know, of of all the sports that I broadcast, I'm, as most people know, I'm a huge baseball fan. And, and while baseball, baseball viewership, uh, has waned in, in several years, I still love it. I love the creativity of it. I love the artistry of it. Um, I love the fact that in a three hour game, there's only seven and a half minutes of action. I absolutely love broadcasting baseball and, and, you know, and not that I don't love broadcasting football because I do and bas- in, in basketball, but every time that I went to the ballpark for a baseball game, because basically your hours are one or two o'clock to 11. Every time I drove up to the ballpark and, uh, and parked, I'd look, at the, I'd look at the stadium and I'd be like, wow, I can't believe that I get to do this and get paid for it. I mean, I just, I just, it, 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 literally every day and I loved it. And, and I, and, and while most people would lament the fact when we had, when we'd have an extra inning game, I loved it. I I'd stay there for 14, 15, 16, 17 innings. I absolutely loved it. I just never wanted to go home. And, and, uh, this may surprise people, but I actually have the same feeling for cornhole. I, I just do. Every time we fly into a city, every time we pull up to an event, um, I look at the venue and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I get to do this and get paid for it and, and work with you, Trey. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, We've talked about this before, but, you know, broadcast teams 
uh, you have to have a relationship. You have to have a partnership. It does. It doesn't just. You have to have something there that that's organic. It, it can't be forced. It can't be created. Um, it, it, it's either there or it's not. And fortunately, Trey, um, my son, I, I feel like we. I feel like we have that. <laughs> and and I love that relationship. And, and I love everyone with the league. I love the game. I love our players. You know, this weekend, j- just because we've been talking so much lately about the sticky, you know the sticky game versus the slide game. I called Matt Guy. Called and talked to him for probably 20 minutes. And then you know who I called next? I called Noah. And I talked to Noah for about 20 minutes. Had great conversations. What other sport can you broadcast where I can just pick up my cell phone and just call whoever I want to talk to him? You know, and, and we just talk, we just talk shop. I mean, it's just the, the access that we get, the excitement that we get from broadcasting. I just like broadcasting the games as well. You know, sometimes they're stinkers, but every game, you know, every, every sport's like that, but I absolutely love it. And it's just growing. It's just getting bigger. And, and the fact that I enjoy it is what, is what keeps me around. Sorry. That was a really long answer. <laughs> oh, that's, that's why we bring you on Jeff. We only have to ask you two questions and then the interview's yeah. over. We'll see you guys later. I'm going hunting. No, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, so for gonna go up in the tree stand. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so for 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 our viewers, right? I mean, if you don't recognize Jeff, you'll definitely recognize his voice, right? He is the uh, the other voice that we've gotten to to know with Trey Ryder as the voice of cornhole. Um, but Jeff, I just want to describe a story for us. I think it was a pretty pretty cool event, a pretty cool moment. It was definitely significant for me. <clears throat> it was the first broadcast that I had done with you. Um, and it was by far, it just had the most electric feel to it. We were in the uh, we were in the hockey arena, the Predators hockey arena, and all of these people <clears throat> were coming into the stands off of the what do you call it, the boardwalk or the the Broadway or whatever it was. Broadway, yeah. That, I think we were handing out thousands of tickets, thousands of tickets. Someone was going around handing out thousands of tickets. All these people are pumping in, don't know anything about cornhole. I mean, other than that, they know the game, but they don't really understand what's happening but we're watching these stands fill up and we're minutes from having to do our opener and this is you know for, for at least for me Trey I don't know if it if you were the same way but the opener is the hardest part right you have to get out in the middle of there you got all these cameras on you you got a voice in this year you got a voice in this year there's the the audio guy giving you signals and you know you're good here you know so all these things are happening and I just turned to Jeff and you Clearly have been doing what, what have you been doing this like 20 years or how many yeah, years? Like have you 25 years now. Yeah. 25 years. You could see the confidence and just the comfort. And it really helped me because I turned to you and I'm just like, what is happening here? There's all these Matt guys throwing bags in the stand. Like we're at a basketball <laughs> game. That's right. People, people yeah. are catching him in the stands and they're like kind of tug of warring these bags to try and see who can get the bag. Fights are breaking like, Yeah. There was like a lookalike. <laughs> who was the country singer? Did you hear about that? It was like a lookalike. Oh, it's a little like um, Luke Combs. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Luke Combs. So, you know, security's involved. Like, is this guy yeah. really Luke Combs? Is he not? There's like all this stuff happening. Um, but that moment I'll never forget because I literally blacked out. Uh, and they say, you're live. And then somehow we rattled off this opener. But I definitely found confidence uh, in your, your just comfort. So I appreciate that moment for me. It was a breakthrough moment for me for the broadcast. Oh. Anthony, your knowledge is off the charts, brother. I mean, I absolutely love working with you. I mean, it, it, I, I get the same type of confidence working with you and working with Trey that you're talking about d- just for different reasons. I mean, knowing that I've got an encyclopedia of knowledge of the sport <laughs> of cornhole 
literally off my right shoulder gives me a ton of of just peace and and confidence when I'm broadcasting as well. But yeah, I will never forget that moment. I really, really, other than Rock Hill, we've had some incredible moments yes. with Rock Hill. Yes. I mean, we really have. Other than that, yeah, that was that was an amazing moment. That was fun. One of my right, top, one quick, of my top three or four for sure. Real quick, what are you looking forward to most this coming season? Um, so, do I have to say one thing? I mean, if it's one thing, it's teams. Yeah. Why? Yeah, we're out of time, so one thing. Yeah, one <laughs> one one thing. One thing is one thing is team. I mean, what? Well, one A would be can Mark Richards do it again? But yeah. but teams, 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 teams. I cannot. I can't wait for it. I love the fact that there's that there's basically a captain and two franchises. I've been calling them franchise players that you can't trade. There's trades and cuts. And I, I just I, I'm still looking forward. It's regional with all the rivalries. I, I'm just I can't wait for all that. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be huge. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, make 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 Jeff give a hot take. Oh, I was hot going take. to absolutely. What's your hot take, Jeff? Oh my god. All right, for what? For the season or for it could be anything. It could be this weekend. This is holy holy hot takes, baby. Come on, you've watched the show a million times. Yeah, I, I, are you saying you've never you seen our show? Because that's slide not a good game, one. slide game will reign supreme in 2023. Oh my oh, we gosh. Gonna, that's not yeah. I mean <laughs> again. Totally Matt Guy, that. Jamie Graham, Ryan Windsor, Trey Birchfield, uh Mark Richards, all of them with slide games. Let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna hate me. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. It's all good though. Trey, what's your um, me? Vincent Frisch wins a singles bracket this weekend in California. Oh, oh. Love it. Anthony? Spicy. I was gonna go with Callie as well, feeding off our discussion earlier that Sasweta brothers make the deepest run out of all of the Cali teams and end up winning one of their brackets if we have multiple brackets. In yeah, I'm I'm picking Frisch Harbaugh for a similar uh Hot take. Nice. Fresh Harbaugh. Let's go. All right. That's our show today. We will see you guys all next time and enjoy your cornhole this weekend in Upland, California.